You're listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Fellowship Baptist Church is located in Clark Lake, Michigan. Today we're very excited to have a special guest speaker with us. Now let's prepare our hearts as our special guest brings forth God's truth from His Word today. It's a blessing to be here. I I trust that um, the young people encourage you. And, And I will say this, of all the ministries I've been involved in over the years, the bus ministry is the most difficult. It takes the most time. Probably, I don't know, I don't handle a church as far as the finances, but possibly the most amount of money. So I know bus workers, you probably deserve a nap every Sunday afternoon. It's like gospel in our house. I think my wife pulled in last Sunday at 4.30 in the afternoon before our church service, and she went right to the couch. She didn't make me dinner. Like, what's up? She was on bus. She left at 7.30 and pulled in at 4.30 Sunday afternoon. It's what we do. That's what we do. And so um, I just encourage you, if you say, can I do something here? I got a hunch. You could help in the bus ministry. And I mentioned this morning, I think I said 23. We have 25 buses leave our church this morning. So our church bleeds bus ministry, sweats bus ministry. We bring moms and dads. We bring kids, grandmas and grandpas, whoever wants to ride. As long as that bus will get them there, bring them in. And so let me just encourage you with that. Now, I am going to try to be timely, all right? So um, I'll try to, try to finish this in 20 minutes. If I don't, don't throw your hymn book at me. Please don't. John chapter 6. Teenagers, I'd like you to listen. I work directly with our bus teenagers at our church. We have a couple days a month on Saturday. We have some discipleship, and so I want to encourage you with some things. One of my real faithful guys, he's 16, he's about 6'3". He came down Sunday morning, last Sunday morning, he said, Mr. Amos, I'm moving to Seattle. I said, I'll help you find a church out there. But that's, that's hard when people come and go and you put some time into them. But that happens. That's part of life. But you can, you can be faithful in Seattle just like you can be in Chesterton. So that's what I encourage them to do. John 6, it'll be a little bit before we get there, but I, I want to draw a phrase out of there that hopefully it can be a help to you. But I do want to start by saying this. Little things count. Little things Count. I was at a children's ministry session a few months ago, and, a, and a, the speaker said something this. He said, every young person is one prayer away from changing their life. And I wrote that down, and I've thought about that. Today might be the day a young person changes their life. Thomas missed one meeting with the disciples. One. What do we call him now? One service he missed. So one meeting, one time of not running the bus could have an effect. Little things count. You've probably been running, walking, and you get that little boulder in your shoe, and it's uncomfortable, and when you pull your shoe off, it's just a tiny little grain, and it affects how you do things. I like to run. I just ran a half marathon four weeks ago, and I made sure my shoes were empty so I didn't have to stop. Because little things can make a big difference in your walk, 
in your athleticism or whatever you're doing, little things count. In a world with over 7 billion people in our country, I don't know, some 320, 330 million people, sometimes we look around and we say, is really what we're doing at Fellowship Baptist Church making a difference? I say yes. I say also the one route that you go out with, you may feel like kids don't come, you get discouraged, but it does make a difference. The prayers that you give out for these young people, maybe you bring a little treat in. I don't know what it is, but I'll tell you what I've learned over the years. Those little guys come in expecting those treats, and when they're not there, what is wrong with that church? My first bus captain was a guy named Derek Edwards. He's a, I call him a bigwig, downtown Chicago in, a, in the business world. But he's been a bus captain for, I think, 24 years. He was my first bus captain. He taught me that lesson very quickly because one day I showed up on Sunday and I didn't have the game that I was supposed to play on the bus. So he got up in front of the kids and was not very kind to me. He said, kids, I just want you to know that Mr. Eric forgot the game we were supposed to play, which shows he doesn't care about you. Yeah, that was my introduction to the bus ministry. But I'll tell you what, I never forgot my game after that. All the point is, there's, there's part of the programs, part of the church that is important. And the bus ministry is important. But you might say, what can I do? Well, there was a lady, Puerto Rican lady, named Rosa, and she had that same idea of, I want to do something, but what can I do? She spoke very little English. She was Puerto Rican, and she lived in one of the roughest parts of New York City. It's called Hell's Kitchen. That's where her, her, her location was, if you've heard of that. She was converted, and not long after she was saved, she said, I want to serve. But again, she didn't know a whole lot of English, but she pleaded with her pastor as best she could, I want to do something for God. So he said something to this effect, well, I'll put you on a bus. We have a couple different routes, ride different buses every Sunday and just be there and be a help. And so she did. She started riding buses and she would often find the saddest looking child. I saw a little boy sitting right there and he kind of had tears in his eyes. I kind of encouraged him, come up and sing. She, she would look for those kids, the ones that seemed like they had the rough day. Was, this guy right here said, how you doing today? He's like, like, I said, what would you rather you be doing? He's like, watching TV. I said, hey, you can do that 166 hours, come to church and enjoy today. But the, she would look for those kids. I want to find the saddest looking one. So when they would come on the bus, she'd put them on her knee, try to encourage them. And when they would leave, in the best English she could, she, could, she would say this, I love you. And Jesus loves you too. After a few times writing, she just found one kid in particular that she just always picked up every Sunday. She just had him in her lap. And she would tell him, but this little guy never responded. Um, never said a word. And so she would say this week after week. Well, after writing for several months, one day they pulled up to the, to the little boy's house and she said what she had said. I love you and Jesus loves you. And to her amazement, for the first time, he grabbed her around the neck and hugged her and stammered out, I love you too. That was 2.30 on a Sunday afternoon. At 6.30, that same evening, they found that little boy's body, or he was found stuffed in a garbage bag and placed under a fire escape ladder. His mother had beaten him to death. 
And sad to say you hear too many of those stories. But at least the last thing he heard leaving a church bus was, I love you, and Jesus loves you too. I don't know if the boy ever got saved, but he did understand that somebody cared about him. And in a world of a lack of care and concern in a lot of situations, let it be said of Fellowship Baptist Church, let it be said of the one bus route you have, they love me. That church gives and loves me. Can I take you to John chapter 6? I'm going to bypass the rest of my introduction just for sake of time. But how many of you are familiar with the story of the little lad who shared his lunch? All right? Everybody, who's not familiar? I don't want to assume. Who's never really heard the story of the little lad? Okay, there's a couple here. All right, so a handful of you. Long story short, Jesus is teaching. We know there's 5,000 men in this particular setting, which some have said if there was a wife and child there, it could have been somewhere in the realm of 15 to 20,000 people in this setting. That would be kind of a fun setting. So Jesus is teaching, and while he's teaching, hours begin to pass. We won't follow that illustration today. So he's teaching away. No doubt the parents there to be sitting for several hours are listening as he teaches like no one they've heard. The Bible tells us very clearly he didn't teach like the scribes and Pharisees. He's taught as one having authority. No doubt they heard about this teacher sitting there. He, he was one that could calm storms. He was one that could touch lepers and cause them to be healed. He was one they had heard that could raise people from the dead. No doubt there was some curiosity in this person that was teaching. He taught on things like forgiveness, things like repentance, how to be blessed. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are the poor in spirit. And he went on, and people were mesmerized, but I would have a hunch that the disciples might have heard one of those sermons before. My kids come to me and say, Dad, are you going to preach one that we've heard before? <laughs> Think about the disciples. They may have heard the Sermon on the Mount ten times. I don't know. But maybe while they were sitting there, kind of like some of you, it's going to be around noon and your stomach starts growling. And, and maybe they go and they start talking. Hey, folks, hey, guys, we're a little hungry and Jesus doesn't seem like he's on the shutdown mode. <laughs> so they start to question. They go to Jesus. Hey, Jesus, oh, we're hungry. Send him away. And they go to Philip, and maybe Philip comes back and says, this is all we have. And maybe he went to Judas, because Judas was the one that held the bag. And again, I'm just trying to surmise what was going on and trying to be as you know, careful as possible not to distract. But after a while, it seems like Jesus gets their attention, and he says something to the effect, you guys feed him. Now, can you imagine if your men's breakfast, I heard all the announcements. I was getting tired listening to all the announcements. But you heard, you heard the, the announcements. We're going to have men's prayer breakfast. Ladies, you get together and you provide for 20. And all of a sudden, 1,000 men show up. Here's the question. What do we do now? You ever been in a situation like that? And then the, it's kind of on you. Look at John chapter 6, number 9. And I love what happens here. They're kind of in a predicament. Jesus tells them to feed them, and they don't have the funds. They don't have the finances. But it says in verse number 9, and here's where I want to just focus our attention. So young people, I'd like you to just pay attention to this. Parents, church. 
Here's the answer. They're looking around. They're trying to figure it out themselves. And Andrew, who seems to be the one to find people, he brought Peter to Jesus. And he seems to have gone through the crowd. And here's the answer. Here's the solution for the problem. He simply says this. There is a lad here. And I want that to grab your thoughts. Amidst all the problems, amidst all the crowd, they found a little lad. You know what? That's what the bus ministry is about. There's a whole mess of people out there, and as you go out, it's not my job to say, you know what, I don't go to houses that have blue shutters. I don't go to doors that look like that. I don't go to houses that say, beware of dog. Now, I stay outside of those fences. But sometimes we're so picky in our minds to think, who needs Jesus and who doesn't? Well, I want to be a little more careful to talk to the doctors about Jesus because he's so refined and polished. Can I say this? The doctor needs Jesus too. I'm so glad that those folks that came by our house so many years ago, they didn't get too tired and they didn't say, you know what, that house looks a little run down or that family has, is, is separated or whatever the case may be. No, they just kept on going knowing that every house needs Jesus. And when you go to those houses, can I say this, there just might be a little lad, girls, I don't want to leave you out, or a little young lady there. That could be the solution to somebody's problems. Let me tell you about Jared. Jared was a little two-year-old boy that used to ride my bus. He was one of the cutest little black kids you'd ever want to see. I know it's probably not the politically correct term, but that, that's what I called him. He was my little black boy. That's what I called him. Loved him to death. He was two. Jared had a nickname. His nickname was Duda. So I would go to the house on Saturday. We'd have the Bible verses. I always had a bag of candy I carried with me. And Duda would run to the door. Hey, Mr. Eric. He was just two or three years. Hey, Mr. Eric. And I had a question for Duda. I said, Duda, who loves you? He's like, Mr. Eric. Then I would say this. Duda, who loves you most? And he would say, Jesus. It was, I, I did that every Saturday and every Sunday when he got on the bus. I remember going 34th Street and Gary picking up Duda one Sunday morning. Went to the door and always crazy. Sometimes I have to go in the house, creep, step over top of people to go get that little lad. Bring him in. Sometimes we'd have to help get him dressed. Sometimes I'd pull him out of his bed. Bring him on the bus. Mom hands out the diaper bag and all the stuff. She was ready to go do her drugs while we were going to get him to Jesus. I remember setting the diaper bag down, getting him situated on the bus. Hey, dude, how you doing? Who loves you, Mr. Eric? Who loves you most? Jesus. Well, we got going down the bus, and we swerved a little bit. You just, I don't know, turning, and his diaper bag fell off, fell off the seat, which contained his bottle. When his bottle fell in the bag, I noticed something different in his bottle. And when I picked up the bottle, it was foaming. I opened the bottle up, and it was filled with liquor, filled with beer. Man, that just, that killed me. That broke my heart. Here's a mother that given her two-year-old beer to calm him down. That's the world we live in today. It's real, folks. And these kids grow up, and sometimes that's all they know. 
And here's a little guy, two years old. They moved, I remember going back to the house one time. It, they were, it was gone. Or they, they, the people were gone. It was all empty. And I never saw him again. But I hope, I hope, I hope he remembers. Mr. Eric loves him. But who loves him most? Jesus. I don't know, but there may be a lad here in our midst. And girls, I don't want to leave you out, but there's a young lady here that God wants to do something with. Sometimes we focus so much on the lad, but I want to focus our attention on the Lord because four times this story is told and only one time is the little lad mentioned. Our purpose is to get these young people to Jesus and let do something, let him do something with them so we see the crowd why the crowd was there i don't know but again it was a large crowd we do know this if you read matthew chapter 14 this story comes immediately after the death of john the baptist jesus tries to get away can i say this there's going to be times in life where you get discouraged there's going to be times in life you get down and i'll tell you what jesus wanted a little bit of time for rest and recluse but he didn't have time for that because here comes the crowd so we see a crowd here. We see the, 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 the disciples. We see the Lord. But I want to focus our attention on the lad. Who was he? Anybody know his name? He's not named. We don't know his age. And I love the fact that God can take people who we don't know, we don't know how old they are, and God still can use them. We don't know... Some of these kids that were up here, some of their, I can't spell their names. I, I laugh. Some kids are like, I'm Jaquita, I'm, J you know, and they go down the list. I'm like, man, how in the world do you spell those names? I can't even get Eric down. But it's amazing to think that God knows their name. He knows their needs. He's concerned about them. And his heart We'll talk about this this evening. His heart is to eat and drink and fellowship with sinners. Therefore, he was criticized for that. I think if we were to come to a church that has a bus ministry, I think we would find Jesus sitting with the bus kids. Because that's what he did. I mean, the Pharisees and the scribes, as refined as they were in their you know, Jerusalem apparel with the swoosh across or their fancy suits, fancy robes, fancy sandals. Oh, they were, they were too refined to be around the bus kids. But I tell you what, I'm so glad there were people that said, you know what, I know he might uh, puke on me, and I've had that happen. I've had kids spit on me. I've had kids pour their Kool-Aid on me on the bus ride. Here I am giving them something we paid for, we provided for them, and they look and say, this is nasty. You know what I'm doing? I'll shove it down their throat, but I can't do that. I want to take the Kool-Aid that wasn't up to their liking and pour it on their head and say, what do you think about that? <laughs> but there's a lot of kids out there that nobody knows their name. Nobody really cares about them. They're just part of the system. But when they're brought to Jesus, who knows who knows what's going to happen? I think, can, I, can I stop for a minute? Because a bunch of you raised your hand and said, I've been in church all my life. What if somebody passed you up? I mean, I don't know how many kids we've had ride our buses over the years, but for some reason, watch me, for some reason, God's grace 
reached down and just pulled all five of the Ramus family out to be saved and to serve and to be faithful in church. Listen, it wasn't my choice. It was his. That's God's grace, man. Yesterday I gave a track to a lady. I said, hey, here's Amazing Grace. You ever heard the song? She said, oh, yeah, I love this song. I said, do you have any idea what grace is? She's like, no. So I was able to tell her what grace is. I said, grace is getting something that you don't even deserve. She's like, really? I said, you don't deserve heaven. Did you know that? That's grace. And so God's grace reaches down and it allows you folks to, to fund a bus to go out and reach people that you would never see, but there's a bus that picks them up. I, I can't explain it. You go to Mexico, and guess what? They have buses bring, bringing people in. You go to Africa. I've been there, and they try to fill up Jeeps and cars, but there's something in people that have this okay with a vehicle coming and picking them up. So I say this, use it. They understand it. They're getting picked up for school. Why not just add another day and make it Sunday school? So when you go out and say, hey, we've got free transportation to get kids to Jesus. Listen to me. I don't know your situation. I don't know your problems. But I will say this. You get to Jesus, he can take care of the problem. But in some cases, he uses just an unnamed an unknown age of a little lad. Do you ever wonder why he was there? I was thinking about this. Why was the little boy at this place? People might have said, hey, we're going to have this guy teach for three hours. I wouldn't have gone if I was 10 years old. Maybe I had this idea, maybe he was selling things. I mean, we know he had five loaves and two fishes, so maybe he was doing a fundraiser. I don't know. Thought, there's a crowd of people there. <laughs> Maybe he had an ailment. I don't know why he was there, but he was there. Listen, sometimes you get kids there and you're like, why do they even come to church? He said it. They're bad all the time, but they're here. Why can't just the good ones come? <laughs> so I don't know why he was there. Maybe one of those kids, I have to say Miss Christina because there's a bunch of Mrs. Whites around. Maybe one of those kids came for an ice cream bar. You with me? I know the older ones didn't want to come, but maybe some of the younger ones came because they got to stand up in front of church and sing. I don't know why they're there, but it's not our responsibility to figure that out. It's our responsibility to get them to Jesus. What did he have? A little lunch. Now, again, people say, would you have given your lunch to Jesus? I don't know. Probably not, because I'm selfish. But he had five loaves and two small fishes. And God took what that little boy had and fed the people. Now, stop real, real quick. In August, I had my girls out in Iowa. And we walked into a church. I knew the pastor. He came to our, our college. But he was saved through a bus ministry in Tennessee. His wife was reached through the portage bus route at our church. Watch close. They got saved in their bus ministry. They came to Bible college. They got married. And now he's pastoring a church. Bus kids. Feeding people. Here's the problem. 
We want to have it all figured out. We have the timeline for this kid, you know, when they're 8 and 9 and 10, and we have it all mapped out. But the problem is, we're not in charge. He is. It may be that they come once, they get saved. You may not see them for five years, but then all of a sudden, they have a kid, or they have a difficulty, and they might come running back. They may not know Pastor. They may not know Mr. Matthew. They may not know Brother Dale. Am I right? They may not know Brother Dale, but they just might find Brother Walsh and say, you know what? I don't know what you were at this church, but you told me you loved me, and I've never forgotten it. It's not our job to say, well, he's the bus captain. He's the pastor. All of us can get little lads to Jesus. Now, that's for the church. Kids, I'm going to pick on you just for a little bit. Can I do that? I'm going to bring it right to you. I don't see this boy, and I'm going to include you too, that are involved in the bus. I don't see him trying to make a name for himself. I got a lunch! Everybody see me! No, I don't see him searching to be known. Now, we live in a world where you're going to be tempted to be popular. Don't focus on that. Because the world's popularity changes. The, the, the greatest singer that's going to come out in the next year or two will fade. This lad was not searching to be known. He was brought into the picture simply because he had a lunch. Somebody gave him something. Now listen, young people, church kids, boss kids, I don't like to separate you, but we'll do that for sake of illustration. Some of you have been given a whole lot, a whole lot, and there should be an expectancy to live for Jesus. Others might have just a small sack lunch and that's all they have a few times at church every once in a while, a couple extra services and we're all given different things. Again, whenever you take it to Jesus, it's going to be multiplied. Give it to Jesus. He was not searching to be known. He was criticized for what he had. What did the disciples say? Five loaves and two small fishes? What are they among so many? You ever feel that way? I mean, who am I? I've got all these kids in my school, and I'm the low one on the totem pole. Listen to me. You're going to be criticized. You only have one bus route? What is wrong with your church? We have 25. What's wrong with us? Just take what you have and give it to Jesus. Young people, listen, I, I don't know your situation. I don't know the problems you have. You might say, well, I'm not talented. I can't, listen, I can't sing. I can't preach. I can't build anything. I can't fix anything. And I've been tempted so often to say, why even try? You know what? I can't take what I have and give it to Jesus and let him do what he will. And all I'm asking young people is just say, you know what? I don't understand this whole Christian life thing, but I'm willing to give it to Jesus. Give my life to Jesus. He wasn't trying to be the most popular. He was criticized for what he had. And let me say this. Church folks, go back to you just for a second. Don't criticize these kids. They're going to make mistakes. They're going to fall. And we cannot send them out because of our criticisms. 
You know what Jade needs? <laughs> I remember your name. You know what she needs? When she stumbles and when she falls, for somebody, there's an expectancy for them to go see her, but somebody say, you know what? I'm going to find that little girl. I'm going to pray for her. I'm going to take her. What do you like to eat? Help me out real fast. Pizza? What? Taco. Take her to Taco Bell. And get sick at Taco Bell, too. I, I, I got to be done. And I, I'm kind of rambling a little bit right now. Peter denied the Lord. Yes? Watch me. But Jesus went back to him. You know what I find myself doing? Send him away. He messed up! Rebel! But it wasn't long after Peter denied the Lord. What was he doing? Preaching. Feeding the people. You see, it can go to the church people, too. He was up feeding the people. And that's what Jesus told him to do after he got right. Feed my lambs. Feed my sheep. And kids, I'll close with this. Young people, I'll close with this. Be willing to give away what you've been given. That's my lunch. Don't be taking my lunch. Oh, it's easy to give away somebody else's lunch. Trust me. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm generous with everybody else's stuff, but when it comes to mine, it was his lunch. And he had to come and say, Jesus, I'll give you my lunch. I, I, love, I love the bus ministry. You probably can tell. One disappointing thing I'm thinking is, I need some boys. Where's my boys? Now, they, they might not want to sing today. I, I get that. <laughs> but wouldn't it be nice to have about five boys over here? Five boys. And you can all have a part in that. And when they continue to grow and they give their little lives to Jesus, their little lunches to Jesus, maybe, just maybe, one will be feeding the people here later on. I don't know. But that's our responsibility to sow. And sow. And sow. And sow. And sow. What if the farmer said, well, I'm only going to get this amount? He probably wouldn't sow. He has no idea what's going to happen. But what is, does he keep sowing? So my encouragement is with the bus ministry as a church, a few others pitch in and so. Because when that happens, we could take this thought. There's a lad here. There's a lad here. And that little lad may just come and give his lunch to Jesus. Now, let me, I'm done. But let me say this. How do you think that kid went home that day. Okay, can you just deal with my imagination just for a little bit? You have to. <laughs> Maybe he got a basket. Maybe Jesus let him have a basket. And he goes running down the mountainside to his house. Now, you all moms here? Okay, and your kids probably come and tell you all kinds of crazy stories. This is a crazy story he probably told. Mom's like, where in the world did you get that? Did you steal it? You know, you know how moms are. Did you steal it? Where'd you get it from? He's like, Mom, remember that lunch you gave me? I gave it to Jesus, and he gave me back more than I gave to him. Do you think he ever got tired of telling that story? I can just imagine when he was a grandpa and really lying about it. 
Oh yeah, let me tell you. We don't know anything else about him except he gave his lunch to Jesus. Number one, I want to say this. You might be here visiting. I don't know your situation. Maybe you're not even saved. Can I encourage you? All your sins could be taken care of when you get to Jesus. All of them. And I'm making it sound real simple. You'll need some Bible to help you get all the details in there. But 20, 32 years ago, 30 years ago, sorry, I ran to Jesus. And it changed my life. And I haven't gotten over it. Do I have issues? Yep. I mean, she's so tired, she's got issues right there. I got issues, I got problems. But I know I can still go to Jesus. And at 16, I didn't really understand this whole thing of surrender, but I said, Lord, here's, here's my little lunch. Not much. But when I did, you know what he's tried to do? He's tried to help me multiply it. And now I get to work with bus teenagers. I get to ride Sunday school buses. Not because of me, but because of being willing to give my life to Jesus. Can I encourage you? There's a lad here. There may be one here next week or the following. But keep that thought in your mind. There's a lad here. You have been listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We hope this message was a blessing and encouragement to you. If you would like more messages, visit our website at fbcclarklake.org where all of our messages can be downloaded for free. Also, you can subscribe to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. All of our messages are available for free. If you want to keep up to date on what's going on at Fellowship, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram where you can see what's happening at Fellowship Baptist Church. If you'd like to visit us, Fellowship Baptist Church is located at 3200 Reed Road, Clark Lake, Michigan. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope to see you back here again next time.